Okay, tonight, I just wonder if this won't be very long at all, but many people have asked a question, and they'll look through the Bible, but sometimes it's the way you have to look for things, you have to have more than maybe just, just your Bible, but you need some references to help you out. And, uh, but people have asked the question, in what order does the end times happen? What takes place? What comes after what? And so tonight, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through there, and we're going to look at from the very first thing that's supposed to take place up until the last thing, but it don't take that long. But uh, we're going to start out here. The first thing that's supposed to take place, and uh, it's the next thing on the agenda, and you know nothing has to happen, and that is the rapture of the church. The church will leave here before... The tribulation before the Antichrist comes in. The, the, to me, the book of Revelations is to tell us what is going to happen. God has already given us the warning that we need to accept Him and His Son, Jesus Christ. We need to walk with them so that we will bypass all these events that's going to happen in Revelations. The Bible says for the Christian, it says, for they are not appointed unto wrath. Which is saying that the Christian is not appointed to go through the wrath or through the, the tribulation. So the, the, we will be in heaven when all this mess is going on down here. See, if people would, would read Revelations or, or take the time to look at it, they're going to see all this stuff taking place. And it should wake them up enough to say, wait a minute, I don't want to go through that. And many people say, how can I avoid it? Very simple. Accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, serve Him, and you'll bypass it. He's made it very simple that we do not have to go through all this mess that's coming up. So, uh, but the Bible has a lot to say about the end times. Nearly every book in the Bible will address, the prophecy of it will address something about the end times. Even back in the Old Testament. And uh, so what I'm going to do, like I said, now I'm going to look at a, just a brief look at what the Bible says will happen in the end times and then kind of in the order that it's going to take place. And uh, the first thing that's going to take place is the rapture. It's what I said. And the rapture is simply Christ will remove all the born again believers from the earth to heaven. We're not going to be here. Matter of fact, if you will read uh, Revelation, after the third chapter of Revelations, the church is not mentioned again. Why? Because we're not here. We're in heaven. We are in heaven. The church is not mentioned until way back down to near the last chapter of Revelations. And it, it shows us going to be taken to the new Jerusalem, to our new home. After all this is done, said and done and gone. And so I want to read. People say, well, I don't understand. What is this thing about the rapture? All right. My favorite uh, scriptures are in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. And I'm going to read this one. And a lot of them I'm just going to give you... Uh, a reference, a, a chapter and verse. And you look it for, up for yourself if you don't believe me. And uh, 
But anyway, I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, verse 13 through 17. Now, this is Paul talking to the Thessalonians. See, some of these Thessalonians, the false prophets had been convincing them that they had already missed the coming of the Lord. But hey, it's too late. He's already been here. He's already gone. Paul says, no, no, no. He said, let me tell you what is fixing to happen. So that's what Paul is doing. Paul is explaining to the Christians, at, uh, of, at, of the, the Christian Thessalonians there, so that uh, what is going to happen. And now this is Paul talking to them. He says, he's looking at them, he's sitting there talking to them. But I would not have you to be ignorant or unknowing, not knowing what, what, what's going on. My brethren, concerning those which are asleep, or those that have died, that you saw not, even as others which have no hope. He said, don't feel sorry. He said, the rapture has, it has not happened. Don't feel sorry for those that have passed on. They've got hope. But if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and have not accepted him, until you do, you have no hope. And uh, here in verse 14 he says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so those also which sleep in Jesus, God will bring with him. He is, okay, this, is, this here just pretty well sums up that when we die, our spirits immediately go to be with the Lord. That's what he's talking about. Our spirits our body stays here and is buried. Our spirits go to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. When he comes back to get the church in the rapture, he brings back those spirits that have died and gone to heaven. He brings those back. When the dead in Christ rise, these spirits will go back into those bodies, their bodies. And then on the way to heaven, they will get what they call a glorified body. It's going to be a body just like Christ had when he was resurrected. So that there in itself says that our spirits automatically go to heaven. You'll see a body in a casket. It's going to be buried. But at the rapture, if you're a Christian, that spirit is going to come back. It's going to go back into his body, and then it's going to go back to heaven. And uh, <clears throat> it says, and here in verse 15, For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord. In other words, this is what the Lord has said. For we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive at the time of the rapture and remain to the coming of the Lord, which he's talking about the rapture, shall not prevent or go ahead of them which are asleep. The, the, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we... Well, I'll read it here. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. That shout is really a command. Rise. Just like when Jesus commanded Lazarus. Lazarus, come forth. That's kind of what, what God is saying. Children, come forth up out of those graves. But he says, Descend from heaven with a shout of command, with the voice of the archangel, and then with the trump of God, and then the dead in Christ shall rise first. That trumpet's going to sound, the dead in Christ is going to rise. You know, even back in the Old Testament, it talks about the trumpet. The trumpet was used to sound an alarm 
or it was used to call a meeting, or it was used for a gathering. When that trumpet sounds, all the dead are going to gather unto the Lord in his presence and then rise back into heaven. So that trumpet's going to, really, it's, 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 just, it's, it's like way back in the Old Testament. When they heard the trumpet, they knew what it meant. And, uh, and here in verse 17, he says, Then we which are alive at the time of the rapture and remain, then we shall be caught up together with them in the cloud. We're going to be caught up with those that have come up out of the grave. Their spirits have rejoined them. We are going to join them in our bodies, just like we are right now. We will not see death. And then, before we get to heaven, something's going to happen. Our bodies are going to change, and we also will receive a glorified body, just like the dead that rose in Christ, that rose up. We, on the way to heaven, will receive our glorified body, same body that Christ had when he was resurrected. And uh, it says, and we, then, when, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so we shall forever be with the Lord. And there's another verse that says, and then comfort others with these words. Tell others what I just told you so they won't worry about what's going to happen or where they're going to be. And uh, so the rapture is the next thing that should happen. We're out of here. And uh, the next thing, we looked at this not long ago. The next thing that will take place is going to take place in heaven. The judgment seat of Christ. You know, many people, I said, like I said before, many people think, judgment seat of Christ, well, I thought I was already judged. You were, and you were found not guilty. This judgment seat of Christ is not, has anything to do with your salvation. It has nothing at all to do. It is a time that Christ wants to reward his faithful that had served him here on this earth. That, that judgment seat of Christ is, he is judging us for what type of reward he is going to give us for our service to him while we walked here on this earth. Some are going to have several rewards. Some are going to have maybe one. Maybe some won't have any. But he don't do away with your salvation because you were already saved at the cross. You just didn't do what others did, but yet you still believed in Jesus. You know, a lot of people say, well, what if I can't do all these things that all everybody else does? Don't worry about it. As long as you love the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, you're good. Because some people not, can't do some things that others can do. God looks at your heart, at your love for him, at the service you gave him while you was here on this earth. You know, take Walter there, for instance. He's on a walker. He can't do a lot of things that a lot of other people can do, but yet he still services the youth. He's still here at church. He still loves the Lord. He still does everything he can to serve God, and God respects that. Walter will receive crowns. And uh, it says here, and I'm going to read it. It says what it says here, and this is in 2 Corinthians 5.10, talking about the judgment seat. It says, For we must all appear. 
before the judgment seat of Christ so that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Even though maybe we could have done some things better, we're still going to be before the judgment seat and, and, and we're still going to be rewarded for a lot of things that we did that we could have done better but God said you know I looked at your heart you love me there's some of those things you couldn't do but those things you did do, you could have done them a little better but I'm still going to give you a reward for serving me and believing in me and receiving me as your Lord and Savior so the judgment seat of Christ will be after the rapture then, this is where it starts. The next thing to appear is the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to come, is, is going to come down. Now, see, the Antichrist is going to be a real super good guy right at first. They're going to say, where has this guy been? He's going to have an answer to the problems, the Jewish people's problems. He's going to have these answers. Where has this guy been? Why, hadn't he just now, why is he just now showing up? Why did he show up before? Because it wasn't God's time. And uh, they're going to think that this guy is super good. And uh, he will come into power and he will sign a covenant or a peace treaty with Israel. And this peace treaty is for seven years. I'm going to read it right here. This here is seven years. And this is in Daniel verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 27. Daniel's got a lot to say on a lot of the things that are going to take place in the, in the, in the uh, end times. It says, and, and this is Daniel, he said, and he shall confirm the covenant for many for one week. One week. How many days are in a week? Seven. Each day represents one year. So really he said for each, he says he's going to, uh, She'll confirm the covenant with me for one week or for seven years. And in the midst or in the middle of those seven years, three and a half years, he shall cause the sacrifice, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblations to cease in the temple. No more sacrificing. No more. Oblation simply means an offering. They will not even be able to present offerings to God. They won't be able to do sacrifices anymore. Sacrifice unto God. And uh, said, and over the overspreading are, are many abominations. He shall make it desolate even until the uh, well I can't I'm, I'm, I can't hear it. Until the consumption or the end of the tribulation. This, this Antichrist is going to do a lot of things when he comes in. Because I'm, going to, I'm going to show you something here in just a minute. He's going to start out being a super nice guy. They're going to think he's the greatest thing there was. He had an answer to their problems. He even brought peace to Israel. And man, you know, that's what Israel wants. Israel wants peace. That's all they've ever known is war. Israel wants peace. And uh, and the next thing that come on is the tribulation. This seven-year period of time is known as the tribulation. During the tribulation, there will be many terrible wars, famines, 
plagues and natural disasters that's going to take place. Now this is God pouring out his wrath on sin and evil and all the wicked people. Now notice, everybody right now that was left are those that never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's who's here now. If they had accepted Jesus Christ, they'd be in heaven. But they haven't accepted it yet. But you know there's going to be a number of people that are going to be saved through the tribulation. As long as they don't bow down or take the mark of the Antichrist or the beast, whichever way you want to go. The Antichrist and the beast are the same thing. If they, if they don't take the mark or bow down and worship him, they still have a chance for salvation. But if they take the mark of the beast or they bow down and say, I'm bowing down before my God, they've, they've done away with our salvation. They say, once you take the mark of the beast or you bow down to the beast, there is no, there is no chance of being saved. You made your choice right then and there. And you chose the Antichrist and the beast to be your God. And God has turned his back on those that did that. So you want to be sure you never take the mark or bow down to the, to the uh, Antichrist. And see, a lot of this here is not affecting us. But you know there's still people yet that's going to be coming into the churches and people we have a chance to talk to that may need to hear what I'm telling saying tonight to keep them from going through the tribulation. If they will accept Jesus Christ right now, they will, they will bypass it all. So it's very important that we still witness, that we still talk to others, and, and, and just tell them, you know, there's a terrible time coming. Tell them about the tribulation. Tell them what's going to happen. And tell them the only way you're going to miss going through the tribulation is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and believe in your heart that He is the Son of God. And... Uh, but this, the tribulation is simply God pouring out his wrath on all the sin, evil, and wickedness on this earth. The tribulation, there's three things that's, going to, that's really going to be bad in the tribulation. The seals are judgments. There's seven judgments to the seals. There's going to be seven angels that's going to do God's bidding. When each seal is opened, God's going to point that angel and have them to do something. It's going to be bad. And uh, then when the trumpet sounds, or the, or the angels, when God points out an angel and that trumpet sounds, that angel is a sign to do something. It's not good. And there's going to be seven judgments to the trumpets. The bold judgments are the worst of all of them. They come last. And there's seven judgments to those. Notice seven. That is God's number. Seven. So they came in sevens. God says, this is my judgment. I'm doing it because you would not receive me and my son. So this is about God. And so the se each, each, each event has seven judgments. And they're, and they're terrible. They really are. And it said even in the Bible, said, if God hadn't cut the time short, no one would have survived. God even cut the time shorter on some of these judgments. So that man could survive. And 
in some of the judgment, he said that, 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 that God gave them that opportunity. They hadn't, they hadn't uh, took the mark of the beast or they hadn't bowed down to the beast. He gave them the opportunity to call upon his name and ask for forgiveness. They were so angry at God for what they were going through, they would not receive him. He said they cursed him. God simply walked away from them. They had the opportunity. And, uh, and here, like we talked about a while ago, halfway through the seven years, the Antichrist will break the peace covenant with Israel and then make war on Israel. That is when all these judgments come into effect. That's when all these judgments, these, these, actually there's going to be 21 judgments, are going to come down. And these are all from God. God, it's God's anger. I just wonder, you think about how many years, centuries, years, I don't know, how long has this been stored up in God? Telling people, trying to get them to come to him, trying to get them to accept him, trying to get them to accept his son. They laugh at him. They scorned him. Now God is angry. And these judgments are very harsh. But God says that he cannot look upon sin. He will not put up with sin. He hated sin so bad that he let his son come and die to get rid of sin. That's how bad God hated sin. He says, for God cannot look upon sin. And when we get into that point of sin, until we repent and get out of it, God says he can't hear us. When something happens in your life, even if you doubt, God, am I doing something wrong? Is it not right? Repent. Come to God. And just before all this takes place, the Antichrist is going to do something. <coughs> this is even going to set Israel off, just like when he stopped the sacrifices and the oblations. <coughs> Listen to what the Antichrist does now. It talks about it. He commits the abomination of desolation. What is the abomination of desolation? That is when the Antichrist comes into the temple and claims to be God. He even, he even has a statue made of his image for people to bow down to. This is making God very angry. Many people bow down to that, and they were saying, You are my God. I want to serve you. You know, because it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Because when the Antichrist comes in and he says, all right, y'all going to have to bow down to me. You're going to have to take my mark. If you don't take my mark, you can't buy, sell. You can't buy food. You can't sell goods. You can't do nothing unless you have my mark. So we have to figure out if that person, I'm not talking about us because we're not going to be here. We're going to be in heaven. But those people that still have that opportunity to receive God, they're going to have to really think about this. Wait a minute. If I don't bow down to, to, the, mark, to the beast, if I don't accept his mark, 
I could still be saved. I could still make it to heaven. We're going to have a hard choice to make because it's going to be a hard time. But you know, when you make it to heaven, you've got eternal life. And I'm going to show you something here in a minute. You're with God. You've got peace. You've got everything you need. So it's just for that little time, because, you know, if you accept that mark and bow down and ask Christ, you're still going to have to go through something. We're going to look at that. That's one of the events. It's called the Great White Throne Judgment. You'll have to go through that. And, uh, but, uh, Christ will commit the abomination of desolation. There Christ will claim he is God. He will set up an image of himself to be worshipped in the Jewish temple. And then, at the end of the tribulation, when the tribulation is over, the Antichrist, Excuse me. At the end of the tribulation, the Antichrist will make a final attack on Jerusalem. And this will bring on the Battle of Armageddon. We've all heard the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, they say that this battle has really been heaped up. They said this battle will not, will not hardly last any time at all. Because Christ is going to come down out of heaven. He is going to attack these armies. He said, and fire will come out of his mouth and he will devour all the armies. It's just going to be a matter of moments before that war is over. It's not going to take that long because Christ is going to put a stop to it real quick. And uh, it says, and Jesus will return and destroy the Antichrist. Uh, and his armies, he's going to destroy the Antichrist and his armies and cast them into the lake of fire. He's going to do that. It says, and then the next event is a thousand-year reign or the millennial reign of Christ. That's where Christ is going to come back to this earth and he is going to reign for 1,000 years. It is going to be Christ totally in charge. Nobody else. Christ is going to rule this earth. See, it's going to be the greatest and most prosperous time as this earth has ever seen because Christ is ruling it and he's in charge. And he's going to be here for a thousand years doing this. And uh, you can find that over in Revelation 20, 16. It says at the end of the thousand years, when Christ's thousand year reign is up, Satan will be released from the, uh, he will be released from the pit. And he will be cast into the lake of fire himself. And, uh, when Christ comes back and Satan is released Christ will defeat him again and then Satan will be cast into the fire for all eternity until we get rid of Satan next thing on the event and it's not good but it's the great white throne judgment this will be the last judgment that will ever be on the earth this is the final judgment this is the judgment of all judgments. And uh, you can read about this great white throne judgment in Revelation chapter 20, verse 10 through 15. And it's, it's real clear. Uh, 
Christ then judges all unbelievers. See, that's who, who Christ is going to be judging. He's not going to be judging any believers. Everyone he's judging and looking at are all unbelievers. And whether you think, most of you, most of you think God himself is judging it. No, Jesus Christ is judging it. In the Bible it tells us, and Jesus is talking to you, for the Father has given, given me all judgments. Christ is going to be judging everything. I mean, I think that's only fair. That was Christ who came and died. That's Christ who they belittled, who they put down, who they laughed at, mourned and scorned, and everything else. So now Christ will be judging them. And when they open up that the Lamb's Book of Life, none of these people are going to be in it. They, they never accepted Christ. Until you accept Christ, your name is not in the Lamb's Book of Life. When you say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, forgive me, accept me, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. The moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm glad there's still some pages left that they can put our names in. And uh, it said there will be books after, these, these, uh, after the Book of Life. These books... Every one of our names, all in all, unbelievers are going to be in there. It's going to be. It's going to say everything they've said, done, and did. The thoughts, how terrible they were. It's going to be, that's going to come out. Well, I think it's in Luke. It says, "For the things done now shall be brought to light." A lot of things are secret right now. They said, they shall be brought to light. Everybody's going to know it. They're going to know why these people were judged, what they did, and why. But the things done in secret shall be brought to light. You're going to know what they did, what they said, how they acted. That's on those other books. The Lamb's Book of Life is the only book that you, that, you'll be, that you, the believer, will be in. And uh, after this white throne judgment and all the unbelievers, at that point when they're found guilty, they're cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. That's not a very good ending. But see, we've been warned about this already. So why don't we change our hearts, change our minds, change our looks, and say, Lord Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Lord, gee, I don't want to go through all that. See, we're told what we're going to go through if we don't receive Jesus Christ. And it's the truth. For God says, for I am a God and I cannot lie. What God puts in his word is truth. You can count on it. Everything... That God has put in his word in that Bible that he says he's going to do, things are going to happen. I guarantee you it's going to happen because he said it would. So now's our opportunity and other people's opportunity to get right with God before all this comes upon us and just go right straight to heaven, bypass all this bad stuff. So, you know, to me, that shouldn't be a hard choice. But you got so many people, oh, I don't believe I've heard this all my life. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Well, that's why God hadn't come back already. Because he's still giving us that opportunity 
to say yes to him before he comes back. And then the last thing here, then Christ will bring forth the new heaven, the new earth, which is the new Jerusalem. The new eternal dwelling place for all believers. It says that we will have a new heaven and a new earth. It says, as a matter of fact, most, most of the theologians right now think that the, new, that the new Jerusalem is already there, ready to come down. All God has to do is say, just like he told those people to rise up out of that grave, Jerusalem, come forth. We've got a new home, be a new earth, we're going to have new heavens. You say, well, can't, he, can't we just refurbish the old earth? This old earth is so full of sin, wickedness, and meanness, God's just going to totally get rid of it. He's going to start brand new, and there ain't going to be none of that stuff. See, in heaven, there'll be no sin. There's not going to be anything wrong. There's not going to be anything bad. Now I'm going to read you one thing. It's in Revelation 21, 4. When the new earth and the new heaven come forth, what happens? In Revelation 21, 4, listen to what takes place. And then... God shall wipe away all tears from our eyes, and there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For these former things have now passed away, and we shall dwell with Christ forever. Just think in heaven, there is no sorrow, there is no tears, there is no pain, there is no more death. You're never going to die again. It's just going to be a place of joy in the very presence of God himself. So that's kind of what, what takes place in an order that it's going to take place. It's what the Bible tells us. So you need to tell your family, you need to tell your friends, you need to get right with God now because this, other, this, this rapture could happen. It could happen before we got out of here tonight. Nothing has to happen, nothing has to take place before God looks over there at his son Jesus Christ and says, Son, go get my church. That's all it's going to take. And people say, Well, how long is this going to take? It's going to be very quickly. It says it happens in the twinkling of an eye. A blink. That's a twinkling of an eye. A blink. He's here and we're gone. And we're home. So when we've, if we've got Jesus Christ in our life, we bypass all this other, this terrible, terrible jump and go directly. It's kind of like a monopoly. Bypass jail and go directly to home. You know? So uh, just remember, without Jesus, you're in a mess when the end times come. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that to you tonight so you kind of get an idea of what order things the Bible says are going that it's going to take place. And God has stored up a lot of wrath that he didn't use, but he's fixing to use it in the, in, in the end time. So let us pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. Lord, for giving us this warning, Lord. Telling us what's going to take place. So, Lord, we need to make our choices now because this could tap, happen at any moment. You could come back at any second and take your church out of here. And, Lord... I pray that you come quickly. And Lord, and thank you for your love. Thank you for your warning. So Lord, after what you've told us, 
Lord, we ought to, it ought to wake us up, say, I need Jesus in my life. I need God. So, Lord, just work among the people. Lord, help us to be witnesses, to talk to others, to tell them what's coming. And, Lord, I just pray that they will believe us and say yes to you. So, Lord, just bless those that are here tonight. Watch over them. Keep them safe. Lord, bless our church. And just, Lord, keep your word flowing that we may know what is coming. So, Lord, we just give you praise tonight and thanks. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.